0: And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one and draw close and closer and closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, and I'll say this every time we teach this for the next six months, remember, Job's friends share truths but with the wrong assumptions as to how Job got into his position. Here's to remember that. So please don't get the impression as we teach this that we think little of the poor from this show. That's not true in any fashion. We think that those who are trying to equate all of Christianity with the poor. We think that those people who skip the God part, the sin part, the faith part, and the eternal life part, we think little of that. The Bible does not permit that we skip all these parts and just focus on one part. Uh, This passage that we're going to get into shows the connection between the poor and God's faithfulness to the poor. I'd like to remind everybody of Billy Graham's definition of Rich, he said, if you live in the United States of America, you are a rich man, which is like worldwide, you cannot argue that. And then all of that, I'd like you to remember James chapter 2, verse 5, where it talks about God giving favor and faith to the poor. Next, consider the joy of those corrected. Does this fly in the face of those who define love as only accepting everybody's everything? After all, love is love is love is love. Yeah, if God corrects us, we should be thankful that he cares enough to do so. If he doesn't correct you, challenge you, and rebuke you, then there is much more to be concerned about. And finally, he will rescue again and again. One of the greatest definitions of salvation is to be rescued. God will save us again and again. Eternally? No. That's one and done. But situationally, absolutely. That's what Hebrews 4.16 is all about. God will never fail to save us in our situations because that is who he is. David Spoon's life has been an experience. welcome to the david spoon experience local national and heavenly talk here's what else we're looking at during the show lessons for surviving living and prevailing politics entertainment and current events personal revelations spiritual observations my life's insanities and the way so much more hey we're asking you what do you think you can email us during the show. We have people doing that. Yep, really, for sure. David at org. David at org. David, the little at sign, then hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us live during the show, 972-445-0770. If it's at the replay at 1 in the morning, I'm not answering. But if you call 972-445-0770, just a phenomenal thing will happen. You will be talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, cause you are talking to kid a dynamite! Let me explain to you what that's like, because it happened to me today. I walked in the door, opened up the door to go to the back part of the studio, and there was Dynamite D with a big old smile going, How you doing? You doing good? And that's what it's like to talk to him. Glory to okay? God. I mean, that's just like, is that, you know, you walk in the door and somebody's smiling at you. It's like, all right, <laughs> I haven't even done anything. I already feel good. Yep. That's what it's like to talk to him right there. Here it is. You can have a question, a comment, a thought. You can have something going on in your brain and you're thinking, I need to share this with people or I need to get prayer with people or I need to just, you know, unload. We don't want it to be a kvetch fest. We talked about that before. There's plenty of places to kvetch. And in the kvetching, we encourage you to use those places wisely. But you got to be careful about overcomplaining because that becomes an issue between you and the Lord, and you don't want to promote that. What you do want to do is encourage one another, bless one another, strengthen one another. Asking questions never has an error to it. Uh, you know that expression, there's uh, no stupid questions, and then there's that snappy answer. There's no, there's no stupid questions, there's only stupid people, and it's just like, hey, here's the bottom line. Any question you ask, we'll do our best to answer. Here's the biggest problem. I can't answer all your questions. Will you? I can't answer all your questions. God can. I can't but I can give you what I got. What I have, I give. That's kind of how it goes, whatever the Lord will let me share with you. All right. Here's the bottom line to the process. You reach out to us. We will be glad to be the best brothers and sisters in the Lord that we can be for you. We'll show you what we're talking about right here with a trivia question. See if you can catch this. This is an easy one, so don't think Too deeply. In the Old Testament, who named her child Reuben, thinking that her husband would now love her because of the child that she gave forth for him, which very, oh, Joanne and Cordelia, not even a second, not even a second went past that question. Bam, pow, pow. Uh, If you think you know the answer, you can call 972- 445 0770. Okay. Which woman gave birth to the son, Reuben? And if you say at a Jewish deli, I will be laughing, but that would be the wrong answer. 214 210 8483 is the number to text. And then David at he must would be the email. Aunt Deb asked me, Was the drama primarily because it was just Noel and I? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Well, that's not true. Levi and Burt were there. <laughs> so, you know what? Well, she's a really good cook. You guys just don't understand. So she does the cooking had a fantastic uh, meal. We just enjoyed it. We watched a movie together, one of the more famous movies that had come out in the last uh, month. Neither one of us had seen it. And uh, I helped clean up the majority of the cleanup so that she didn't have to. And we just enjoyed the time. I was like, yeah. I want every day to be like that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Anyhow, uh, so uh, trivia question on the board. I'm just letting Deb know. That's our code to let one another know. Uh, trivia question on the board. In the Old Testament, what woman named her child Reuben? All right, now this is your only big hint. Uh, Reuben was one of the 12 children. Uh, who named her child Reuben, thinking that her husband would now love her? Now, now he'll love me. I gave him a child. 972-445-0770, or text in 214-210-483, or send an email david at he must Uh Last thing I want to do right now is, I just want to uh, remind people, you know, like on the, on the website, don't forget there's prayer and praise opportunity, and don't forget if you're going to answer trivia and you haven't, answered the question we're picking between these three books Judges for Samuel and 1 Timothy as the next book to replace Peter which only has two more weeks to go in it. Well one thing I want to do is uh, in the next segment I'm going to pray for you guys about holiday blues cuz some people do get holiday blues and we don't want you just we don't want you to be discouraged about you know when there's holiday time. We we'll, we'll be as best a family for you as we can. Now Let's get into the next portion on Job, also known to many young Christians as the book of Job, which is not correct, but it's still funny. Job chapter 5, verse 13, this is what uh, Eliphaz is saying before Job responds, he catches, referring to God, he catches those who think they are wise in their own cleverness, so that they're Cunning schemes are thwarted. They grope in the daylight as though they were blind. They see no better in the daytime than at night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the strong. He saves them from the clutches of the powerful. And so at last the poor have hope, and the fangs of the wicked are broken. So... The reason that I'm telling you all that, reason I'm reading you that section, because this is the next section in the book, and this is what Eliphaz is saying, which is absolutely true. God is highly aware of the people that don't do as well compared to our other people, In our society, we think, well, that person is renting an apartment with five, six, or ten other people. They share one car. They have one TV, one cell phone, one clock, and uh, they don't have health insurance or anything like that. They're the poor. And it's like you have no idea then what poor is in the world. Poor in the world is the people that are sleeping on dirt – with a covering, with no electricity, that have to walk three to five miles to get water, that not only have no health insurance, they have no medicine, they have no access to medicine, and that is more people than you would want to care to be aware of. What the Scripture is saying is that God knows every one of those people. When you think of all the things that the Lord does or you know, is going to do or not going to do, when people... Belittle the poor. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, the Lord taketh notice. Some people create a sense of poorness in their life, some people are in need of medication so they get into the poor realm. Some people are lazy. Some people don't do anything. Hey, you know what's great about God? He knows every single case, every individual story. And what he tells us as Christians is don't look down on the poor. You don't know everything that they went through. You be careful. I'm aware of them. I've given them greater faith in people who have abundant stuff, who tend to trust in their riches. Remember what the guy said in Proverbs, what Solomon said in Proverbs, never too much that I forget you, never too little that I curse you. Right? There's, some, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I don't ever want anybody who's listening to this show, if we had the funds to give to the poor on a regular basis, we would use it. We do give. It's just not a lot because we don't get a lot. That's what happens. Why don't you get a lot? I hate talking about money. You always talk about it. Well, I'm Jewish, so it's impossible not to. But that's not the point. The point is I still don't like asking for it. Okay? All right. So with all that said, he's right. Eliphaz is right in what he's saying. He's saying, look. God rescues the poor from cutting words of the strong. He saves them from the clutches of the powerful. Their time will come. The reconciliation will come. The redemption will come. The accounting will come. So as Christians, our compassion should extend to the poor as commanded by God. Does that mean everybody who's always poor is, you know, it's just the worst situation? No, sometimes people make themselves poor because they're lazy. I mean, you can't you can't deny that. Some people are poor by a choice. That's different. Some people are poor because they don't have the opportunity or the ability, or whatever the case may be. Here's what God says to you and I: You don't know, I know, don't despise the poor. That's what he says. Okay? All right. In the Old Testament, who named her child Reuben, thinking that her husband would now love her, the answer would be Leah. Leah. Remember, she had the child thinking, oh, now Jacob will think I'm just the best because I gave him a kid. Eh, Wrong answer to that one. Okay, we'll take our break, and then we will come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This is really important stuff, so I don't want to, by any means, fail to communicate it. So I'm going to kind of run it back through so you can follow it and just pick up on a point or two. Uh, As they rode, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Uh, You can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he can, right? So he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And I want to just this, is, And then I got one more point. That's why I split it up this way. Here's the thing, and I know it's ridiculous to say, but I'm going to say it to you, and it's important for you to recognize. There's a lot of trials going on right now in the world, in your life, in your family, in different people's lives. I understand it happens for me too, okay? I got a daughter who's going through the mill. I got a son who's recovering from COVID. You know, you've know, you got all these things going on, and people that we love having a hard time going through the up and the down, and you know that there's a lot of that stuff going on. I understand. But there is another part of me that also understands this text. The eunuch never saw him again but went on his way rejoicing. Why was he rejoicing? Because he's saved. That's why. And all the stuff that we go through, it's a drag. It's like... But there is coming this moment where the fullness of the redemption, of the salvation that's been granted to us by grace, received by faith from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, we're going to get the fullness of that. We'll be dancing on streets of gold. There won't be any more pain. There won't be any more sorrow. There won't be any more memory of all of the ridiculousness, and it will be awesome. And if that's not a reason to rejoice, then we have lost our minds we're going through a difficult spot and not every spot's difficult let's at least be honest but if you're going through it for 60 70 80 90 or 100 years that it has its moments but there is a salvation that is eternal that doesn't have a limit to the number and this is and i still say that what what Rick Warren wrote in the purpose-driven life that first page is the best page of the entire book you know your your life is like a 1 16th or one thirty-second of an inch on a 100 mile long piece of tape that's what this life is and it's important for us to understand that we have a cause for rejoicing and for all of the pain and the sorrow there's nobody that ought to rejoice more than us the david spoon experience oh welcome back to the david spoon experience thank you for joining us here at kwam 770 the truth station here in texas that's k double 770 the truth station here in texas where i'm still trying to figure out how this show goes so fast <laughs> it's pretty fast it? it does seem that way doesn't it it's like phew, okay all right uh trick question coming up can we play the horn hold on let me take my thing off before you play the horn play the horn I believe it's the warning. The warning. Yeah. Okay, play that. Play that. <laughs> okay. That's so loud. It's okay. Stop playing that thing. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, what was the? You, you guys know what that's for, right? That's kind of a heads up. Uh, Dave is—he's uh, doing a bullwinkle thing right here. Here we go, bullwinkle. Bullwinkle and Rocky. There's nothing up my sleeve. What was the name of the companion of Cleopas who met Jesus on the road to Emmaus? What was the name? What was the name? What was the name? If you think you know the answer of the, what did it say? What was the name of the companion? Well, it we could just say, what was the name of the other disciple? That'd be easier. Uh the companion, the other disciple, along with Cleopas who met Jesus on the road to Emmaus. If you think you know the answer, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three or send an email David at he must I will remind you that uh, finances have been a uh, challenge. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, just pray for us. That's that's what you know what? Pray for us. That's something you can commit to. Okay? Uh, That's the trivia questions on the board I have in my hand. What could be? (laughs) I'm not kidding now. Get ready. I'm going to give you, I think I'll probably only do 10 today. Ready? Ready for these? These are just phenomenal. Get ready. Here are some ways to make a really long and boring sermon more fun. How about that? Listen to that. Listen to that. I'm going to give you some keys that you can use in church if the sermon is really long and boring. If your pastor asks me about these, I will deny them. <laughs> Just so you know ahead of time. I will be like, What <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, okay. <laughs> these are some ways to make a really long and boring sermon fun. Okay, we haven't done these before. By obtrusively drawing your arms up into your sleeves and then turning your shirt around backwards while he's Whoa. preaching. <laughs> Wait, this, is, this has got to be my favorite. Ready? By chewing gum. If the sermon goes on for more than 15 minutes, start blowing bubbles. <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> Start blowing bubbles. Uh, by cracking your knuckles. Okay, I'm not sure about that one there. Uh, by listening for your preacher to use words beginning with A, then B, and so on through the alphabet so as not to be as bored. Passing a note to the organist asking whether he or she plays requests. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, practice smiling insincerely. <laughs> Uh, Raise your hand to ask permission to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and then here's the last one: see if a yawn really is contagious. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow. Oh, that is pretty funny, right? I mean, come on, people, come on, come on. All right, <laughs> okay. Hold on. Wait, I mean, this one—I got to do one more. <laughs> Sorry, it's one more. I can't help it. It's not my—it's my. It's my... Sit in the back row and roll a handful of marbles under the pew ahead of you. After the service, credit yourself with 10 points for every marble that made it to the front. (laughs) I'm sorry. People are probably thinking, are you supposed to tell people to do stuff like that? I don't know, but the yawning one, that's a classic, right? Start yawning, see who copies. Uh, let's get back to our teaching. Oh, we got a trivia question. I probably should re- remind you about that. The trivia question, uh, what was the name of the companion of Cleopas, or what was the name of the other disciple of Cleopas who met Jesus on the road to Emmaus? If you think you know the answer, remember we played the horn ahead of time, so keep that in mind. Uh, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero 770 is the call in. Two one four two one zero eight four eight three is the text. And then david at hemusincrease.org is the email. I know there's something there. Okay, this is a one-liner. I'm just going to tell you right now. There's one line that Eliphaz is about to say that is just like, it's so, it's so unbelievable. All right, listen to this line. This is Job chapter 5, verse 17. This is what Eliphaz is saying. Remember, and I've told you this before, Job's friends share truth. Unfortunately, they think what's happening to Job is because he did something. They're wrong. So they're, they're actually judging him without any evidence, but they are using truths in their attack, which should tell everybody who's a Christian that people use truths... But can use them inappropriately or in an uh, in incorrect manner. Okay, just right. Job chapter five verse seventeen. But consider the joy of those corrected by God. He does have another verse, so I will use it. Do not despise the chastening of the Almighty when you sin, for though He wounds, He also bandages. The first part about this I want you to catch, though, is this consider the joy of those corrected by God. In our society today, you have people that stand by newscasts with signs that say love is love. When Noel and I were in California, we went to, when they had the whole Chick-fil-A boycott thing, if you guys remember uh, many moons ago, we went to... Uh, a Chick Fil A. We already liked Chick Fil A, so for us it wasn't that big a deal. We'd already been to Chick Fil A a bunch of times, so to go there that was fine. And so what the people in San Diego were saying is, you can you can stop this, you know, trying to boycott Chick Fil A attitude. Not only that, but that was Chick Fil A's biggest month ever in history. So it tells you that if the Christians decide to do something, they can do something. We we get there we're in line it's a super long line because everybody's protesting for Chick Fil A, and there are three people across the 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 uh, parking lot, and two of them have a sign and one other one is uh, trying just to yell whatever the case may be in Chick Fil A's line there must have been two hundred and I'm not kidding two hundred people it was a line that wrapped like three times right. The news people come, and they don't talk to anybody who is buying Chick-fil-A. They only talked to the three people. And the girl that had the sign that said, love is love. And I'm here to tell you right now that that is demonic. That is taking something that God has been he's the, He's the origin of love, he's made of love, but he demonstrates love through correction, through change, through rebuke. Jesus said, "As many as I love, I rebuke." And so what has happened is that unfortunately, the world with many words, including love, have taken the word and have imputed or poured into it a poison or a sinfulness that reduces what the truth of the word is. And so when Eliphaz says, consider the joy of those who are corrected by God, the joy that that you receive that you're corrected by God, rebuked by God at all, is that he loves you. In fact, if he didn't love you, if he had no love for you, you would never be rebuked by him. That is an extinct. it's such a powerful statement. you have to understand. It's one thing for people, you know, to try and operate in love. You know, from, from, a, from, a, from a wisdom point of view, uh, how to use it, how to not use it. But the idea that everything is acceptable is absurd. Jesus spoke more about repentance than he ever did about anything else. The first four messages in the New Testament from, from John the Baptist to Jesus to Peter to Paul is repent, 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 repent. That does not sound like somebody is just going out and accepting everybody's behavior. And the truth of the matter is love involves many elements to it, not the least of which is the willingness to correct. A father that does not correct his child does not love his child. Period. A mother who is not willing to correct her child does not love her child. Period. And if you think that's wrong then you're in disagreement with God. I think he knows more. I just go out on the limb. Uh, what was the name of the companion of Cleopatra who met Jesus on the road to Emmaus and the answer is we don't have any idea what his name is. We do not know what the name is. It is not listed. That's why it was a trick question. Thank you very much. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM Seven Seventy, the true station here in Texas. Your break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cal Punch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's cowpunchsites, $57 a month, and that's no bull there that's better cowpunchsites.com dad let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do you know how you keep going? Do you know how you keep putting one foot in front of the other? Do you know how you don't give up? Do you know how you don't quit even though you want to quit? You fix your eyes on Jesus. You see with God. When Peter went out of that boat and stepped on that water, there is no natural principle in the world, in in any normal universe, that would allow Peter to walk on water. But he did one thing well. He looked at Jesus. And as he was looking at Jesus, the Bible says he walked on the water. He looked at his situation just focusing at Jesus. Then he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he saw the winds and the waves, and he sank He lost the correct attitude when he stopped seeing with Jesus in the picture. Whatever you see, whatever you face, whatever you encounter, do not see it or face it in the natural. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So everything you see, you must insert the picture of Jesus. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's Man 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Not too much rust for being off for, for, since we were off since what? We were Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that's four days. Quite right? a few days. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long, that's a long, because even Christmas won't be that way. It'll just be one extra day on Christmas, one extra day on New Year. We do have some preemptions coming in for some basketball down in December, but we'll deal with that later. Trivia. Okay. i got to be careful how I do this one because this could be very easily misinterpreted. According to Acts 13, what was the name of the false prophet who met Paul and Barnabas? So you already know the answers in Acts 13. Here is the only hint I'm going to give you. So just listen very carefully and don't take offense to this hint. Usually there's some kind of story told about a rabbi, a priest and a minister walking into this. That's the first part of the hint. The second part of the hint is uh, I I don't think anybody's ever heard that with the Lord. <laughs> that's that's your hint. I know, you'll understand it if you get the answer right. You just got to go to Acts 13 if you have time to look it up. What was the name of the false prophet that Paul and Barnabas ran into? If you think you know the answer, 972 770 This will tell you how bad my, my brain works. 214-210-8483 is the text, and then david at org that would be the email. We're going to do our history uh, in a second, but before we even get there, we're also going to send you up to the website and tell you three things that are very, 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 very important. Okay? Very, 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 very important. All right? We can really use some extra uh, 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 money, period. And if you've never given, please consider prayerfully giving, and uh, that's all we can ask you. Can just please, 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 please consider it seriously. Please check out the website at HEMustIncrease.org. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now. He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> I say that's a baptism on a really huge guy, and they couldn't dunk him and bring him back up, so they had to just drop him in the water first. While they dump loads of ice into the water. Wow. That'd be a good way to get him back up, because otherwise how <laughs> was going to get up. Okay. okay, So for those that are trying to figure out the hint that I gave, there's an old—there's a hundred of these. Let's see. A rabbi, a priest, and a minister walk into a—okay, so that's your hint— You guys, you got to be able to figure that part of that out. Uh, Okay, uh, that's your hint for the trivia question. According to Acts 13, what was the name of the false prophet who met Paul and Barnabas? It's really, it is quite a good hint. I know you guys might not think so, but it is. Uh, 972-445-0770. Also, uh, text two one four two one zero eight four eight three or David at hemusincrease.org. We will now. Do you want to do history? Or do you want to do the prayer? I want to do prayer for holiday blue people. What I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because people get depressed. Say that one again. Oh, people that are. You said blue? Yeah, yeah. Holiday blues, you know so. Okay. Well, we can always pray. So we can go yeah. with that. Okay, let's go with the prayer. All right. I uh, want you guys to just listen up. We're going to pray for uh, people, and you might not be one of them, but there's other people close to you that may be. And because of that. You want to be, like, sensitive to that and connected to that. It's really important because some people have a very difficult time, and we don't want those people to think we forgot, right? So let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We know there's people in our audience. They probably won't come forward and say it or share it much because they don't feel good about it. But there's people in our audience, and there's people in our lives. There's Christians that we know and non-Christians that we know that get kind of down, Lord, when you get into these holiday times because it's either a distancing about family or it's a distancing or discouragement of some other things. And we're not asking for you to do anything but comfort them because you're the God of comfort. Please put your arms around those who are getting that sense of blue. We want to be the the best brothers and sisters we can be. We want to be the people that put our arms around people. But for the people we don't reach or the people that we don't know about, please, Lord, our brothers and sisters who are hurting, Please pour your comfort into their hearts so that this time might not be discouraging for them, because that would be bad. Instead, Lord, be their encouragement and bless them with your presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so uh, I just think it's important to do that. I think it's important for us to stay on top of stuff like that. We'll do the history in the next segment, which is uh, probably just as easy. Your trivia question is out there. Not a lot of people are going to get it. I didn't pick the best trivia question. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I think the first half is pretty funny, but we'll get to that later. Uh, let's get into the rest of this text, which is just an amazing, amazing text. Here's what it says, picking it back up from Job 5:17 Again, remember, Job's friends sharing truth, but having the wrong assumptions and thinking that this is all guilty because Job did something wrong. Here's verse 17. Consider the joy of those who are corrected by God. Do not despise the chastening of the Almighty when you sin. So they assumed he sinned. For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hand also heals. He will rescue you again and again. It's another truth. You see, these, what we do in this, and when we go through this thing with Job, is we're mad because you know the three friends are not doing a pretty good job of, of, of bringing comfort. They're doing a lot of conviction because they assumed he sinned. Right, And even David writes about this probably about 10 times in the Psalms, that he thinks that, that the enemy is you know, laughing at him because God is judging him, which, which was not true about when he was writing. But here, Eliphaz says something that's really essentially and critically important. He says he will rescue you again and again. And God will rescue you again and again. The rest of that verse goes, so that no evil can touch you. He will save you from death in the time of famine, from power of the sword in the time of war. You'll be safe from slander, and you'll have no fear of destruction. When it comes, you'll laugh at the destruction, at the famine. The wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace. This is a great sermon. (laughs) Let me explain this to you. Because God will rescue you and I again and again. And you think, well, isn't there something called greasy grace? Sure, that's called licentiousness. Licentiousness is you sin uh, thinking... It doesn't matter. I'll just ask for forgiveness. So who cares? That's licentiousness. It's this idea that you can just send your brains out and never have a conviction or a care about it and just say, oh, forgive me, forgive me, and that'll be good enough. Well, all of those people that operate that way, their conscience is seared. That's why nobody can just say, I'll just send my brains out. In the very end, I'll say, I'm sorry, and then I'll get to heaven. No, you won't. You won't have that chance unless God gives. Unless you have a very unique opportunity, even in in the in the situation of Esau seeking repentance, he could not find it, and all he did was lose, you know, his birthright. And I'm, I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying there's this notion that you can just get away with it and say, wrong, but a genuine Christian who I'm just going to say it, who does something wrong and comes before the Lord and and is just devastated. That person will be rescued again and again and again. That person who acknowledges that person who feels the failure, so to speak. You know, when it says that he uh, will—it's an amazing passage, but, you know, confess all your sins because he is faithful and just to cleanse you from your sins or to to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God will cover your whole spectrum of wrong because he's merciful that way. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it talks about coming to the throne of grace with confidence—listen to this—to receive mercy— in our time of need. That's not eternal mercy. That's situational mercy. And people are missing that God situationally pours out grace and situationally pours out mercy. You're forgiven. If you're a genuine, authentic Christian, born again, Bible-believing Christian, you're forgiven. You're done. But now in this Of area of sanctification, like we talked about on last Wednesday, you're going through this process, he's making you look like Jesus. You find out you've done something wrong, you come before him. Guess what? You can come to the throne of grace to receive mercy for your time of need, your situation, your scenario. Will that sin separate you eternally? No, but it will fill you with the need to be healed because sin is devastating. It kills you, it wounds you, it affects you, it infects you. It's like an infection. And so it's like, he's like, God will rescue you again, and again, and again. Wow. Wh- Why would he do that? Well, he's a merciful, gracious, kind, and compassionate Savior. Remember that statement we've said before, stating it's not even mine. It's somebody else's statement. I think it was the senior pastor of uh, Lake Point probably six years ago, seven years ago, where he said, Jesus is a better Savior than you are a sinner. I'm like, yeah, that's true. In the reality of that, God will rescue you. And this is not about you in the circumstance of somebody doing something, this is your sin. You're failing. And he will rescue you, and he'll rescue me. And he'll do it because he loves us. That's very powerful. Some people are like, Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna game the system. No, you won't. It will never happen. Not for anybody, ever. All right, according to Acts 13, what was the name of the false prophet who met Paul and Barnabas? I tried to help out on this. It wasn't the best hint. But I said, first of all, in the story part of it, uh, a a preacher, a rabbi, and a minister, uh, a priest, a rabbi, and a minister walk into a bar. Okay, that was the whole point. It was bar. And the the prophet's name was Bar-Jesus. So the joke was that Jesus would never be in that joke. Okay. All right, you should have just looked up Acts 13 That would have been easier Alright, we'll take our break and then come back You're listening to the David Spoon Experience Right here on KAAM 770 The Truth Station here in Texas Short break, we'll be back, don't go anywhere What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship Racing at a thousand miles an hour into space Once there You can sense the power and the presence of the Majestic and the Divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable, but then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? Bibles are very cool looking. You can have them electronically. You can have them in your phone. You have them in your computer. There's tons of apps. There's also cool looking book Bibles. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's great. Here's the bottom line. All that's fancy and fantastic and useless if you don't read it and believe it and process it. For those that are trying to figure out, uh, first of all, well, why is it that the Bible is uh, its own unique enemy? What's the deal in that? Well, the same breath that went into creating Adam, which was creating creation of man, that same breath went into the Bible. And so 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. That's the breath of God, and the breath of God that went into Adam is the breath of God that goes into the book, which is why this is a unique book, and then people are get, they get really upset, and they go, Well, hold on now. Hold on now, Dave. The, the, the problem there is you know, that, that there's just so many people that have uh, been a part of uh, writing the Bible. In fact, there's about 40 authors spanning about 3,000 years in all different types of positions in life. But here's the great thing about Christian faith. If you believe that God created the universe, you're going to step out on that big ledge and go, well, if he created the universe, he can probably write a book. Well, the amazing part about the book itself is not just the self proclamations of the book, but you get into the prophecies, and it's an amazing, amazing element that every single prophecy has been fulfilled exactly, and yet there are some to come, and we will see those fulfilled. But while you're engaging in the Word of God, here's something you need to be aware of that Christians do not recognize that that word where it says, for the Word of God is alive, is zone in the Greek. If we were doing a Greek word, that'd be zone. And that word means alive, to live. Jesus used that word in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, Behold, I am alive, and I live forevermore. Same word. And the Word of God is alive. And you think, Well, this is just a book. It is just a book, except for when you're reading the Word of God and the Holy Spirit connects you to the Word of God, it becomes something altogether different. Sometimes, hallelujah. Sometimes. Please. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Getting ready for our last trivia question. Then we're going to do our history and do our final closeout teaching. I uh, hope Al is listening. This last little bit's kind of an amazing thing, just because he called in and what he what we talked about regarding his mom. Um, here is your trivia question: According to Exodus 15, okay, so so where are you looking if you have a Bible? Exodus 15. According to Exodus 15, why did the Israelites call a place Mara? Why did they call a place Mara? Okay, according to Exodus 15, uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Joanne and Cordelia getting the pow-pow on that one. Good answer, by the way. Uh, 214-210-8483, that would be the text. And then david at org. Uh, let's see. And Deb right behind them, literally within Twelve seconds, boy, oh boy! You guys are like all ten seconds apart. Boom, 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 boom. Abraham, ten seconds apart. Okay, that's pretty fast, you guys. It's like boom, boom, boom. All right, again. Why, uh, according to uh, what did I say? It was uh, Exodus fifteen. Why did the Israelites call a place Mara? Well, what was it called, Mara? What was the reason? You know, just go with it. 972 445 0770 is the number to call. 214 210 8483. Text David at hemusincrease.org is the email. Now we will do our history. Let's go live in the past. Let's go live in the past. All right, you ready for this? Okay, you ready for that? All right, so today, as you know, is Cyber Monday. Okay, Cyber Monday is when you have all these deals online. Okay, okay. guys, gotcha. I was looking at you kind of okay. crazy. Yeah, and, and, but it sounds like it's like a pirate thing or something. It's Cyber Monday hour. So like it could be a few things. <laughs> just sounds a so little weird. Uh, today is French Toast Day. Yum. Hello, that's good. Today is Turkey Leftover Day. No, that's what Friday was, Saturday was, Sunday was. It will be tonight, and it will probably be tomorrow (laughs) until it's all gone, so let's just be honest. And then this will irritate some people, but I did not make this up, okay? I am not the creator of history, but today is Red Planet Day, fourth planet from the sun. Mars gets its name from the Greek word Aries, which is the god of war? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Mm. See, saying the word Mars, you're doing a lot more damage than you think. See, this is is that like, surprising, Dave? Uh, and I did not know that, but is that really surprising nowadays? No, no. Especially when we when I do that whole thing on Christmas and people freaking out on the commercialism, and then I talk about the fact that everybody uses the word Thursday, which is named after the god Thor. You know, <laughs> just they use Thursday, ah, idolater, not It's just like, come on. <laughs> I just had to say it. Just one of those oh, things. Yeah. Just, uh, just let that go uh, from there. Uh, don't care about that. Don't care about that. Don't care about that. Uh, I like this because I'm this kind of guy. 1979, Billy Smith becomes the first goalie in the NHL history to score a goal in a game. That would be great if the NHL didn't turn its back on all of society and become a woke sport uh, because that's something they just recently did, and now I'm not talking about them anymore, even though I have more Red Wing stuff than you could dream of. Uh, 1995, the 55-mile uh, speed limit was abolished by United States President Clinton. Don't say he never did anything good. He got rid of that stupid 55-mile-an-hour thing. That's a great thing. <laughs> get rid of that. This so is allowed to exceed 55. I'm not sure I went 55 ever. So I'm not really sure how to really handle that. You're like, you mean you do go faster than the, than the speed limit? I had a judge tell me. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I had a judge was so bad when i was young so i, I got my license at 16 okay I, I walk into court for about the eighth time with my mom the judge goes oh mrs spoon how nice to see you again that's how often we were in court and he says young man he goes there's a speed limit he goes if you go five miles over nobody cares if you go 25 miles over somebody cares <laughs> he goes "Can you remember that please correct okay I thought, okay, told that by a judge. <laughs> right? Don't give me a hard time about that. And then uh, that means nothing. That means nothing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty quick history. Huh? Yeah, that's a quick history. That's quick history. Yeah, that's because everybody's going, I'm still full. <laughs> I'm still full. Uh, trivia question. Why, according to Exodus 15, did the Israelites call the place Mara? Yes, you kind to know that one. Uh, 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 nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero is the number to call. Two one four two one zero eight four eight three is the text. Davidheamusincrease dot org is the email. Okay, all right. Um, Abraham, you gotta get. Let me know if that's personal or public because I don't wanna. I don't wanna mention that in public. So you gotta tell me. Um, we are gonna finish up on this little portion. of of this portion of Job, finish out chapter 5, just a very short little portion. I'm hoping Al is listening. Listen to what it says at this point, okay? This is Job chapter 5, verse 23. You will be at peace with the stones of the field, and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is kept safe. When you visit your pastors, nothing will be missing. Your children will be many. Your descendants will be as plentiful as grass. You will live to a good old age. You will. This is kind of for you. You will not be harvested until the proper time. You as an individual. We have found from experience that all this is true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. This is a, a an amazing portion that, again, Eliphaz is saying something really uh, amazing. He's just re- directing it the wrong way, but what he says is, look, God's going to take care of things. He's going to cover your fields. He's going to cover your home. You will live to a decent age, and you will not be harvested until the proper time. You don't hear a lot about people being harvested, do you? And yet, it is appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. There's an appointment, a perfect time, a proper time. And so sometimes departure, while much more difficult for us, is very specific for God. This is the time allotted. And just, I just want you to listen to that. And here, Al calls in and and. You know, it's a tough loss. I mean, anytime you lose a parent, it's a tough loss. my mom passed, I cried for a week. It was terrible, right? Uh, Not the same with my dad, but with my mom. Your children will be many. Your descendants will be plentiful as the grass. You will live to a good old age. You will not be harvested until the proper time. Everything has purpose to it. Every timing has reason behind it. There is nothing God does by accident. All right? All right. Let me pray. I'll just pray one more time for the audience. Uh, I'll give you the answer, and then we'll do the prayer on the trivia question. According to Exodus 15, why did the Israelites call the place Mara, and that was because of the bitter H2O, nice answer, ladies, or the bitter water that they drank there in Exodus 15. Let me pray for Abraham as well as for the audience real quickly, and then we'll close it out. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our brother Abraham. Uh, He's in a kind of a tough situation where he's living. We're asking you to open a door for him to either have that place change or have him relocate doesn't seem like it's difficult, uh, Lord, for you to put him in a great place, and so we're asking you to move him to a place that is healthy for him to be at, okay? His current condition, the situation is tough, and we bear that burden with him. We we, we know from time to time that, Lord, we've been in places like this is not a good place. This is not a healthy place to be. So we're asking you to protect him. And we ask you again to protect everybody in our audience, we lift up our brother Al, that you comfort his heart, and we lift up everybody who's going through it. And Lord, I just, you know, I just lay before you my own heart. How how since how just genuinely we want the people of God to be doing good in you. We want we want to lean on you, depend on you, trust in you. And have confidence in everything you allow and in your timing. Help us to trust you, even when we don't understand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. That's what your word says. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll be the show for today. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. <laughs>